Welcome back. Good to have you. Phil Michaels Show. No, we don't talk about David Bakhtiari for ratings. That's a garbage excuse, and uh, that uh, gets you banned. So goodbye, Jason. Talk to you later. Uh, What I do talk about it for is you're talking about grown-ass men making millions of dollars and you don't get a direct answer. You have a lot of gray area and a lot of speculation. you got a coach that hems and haws about it. And I think it's fair. Just because, you know, this goes back to like when Nick Saban didn't want to talk about some of the problems he had in the the program. It's like two or three years ago. And he was being questioned, and he just said, I'm not talking about this anymore. And that SEC media and that Alabama media – Shut up. Shut up. Same thing happened in the basketball program. You got to play. Your star player takes a gun to another person who then shoots and kills his girlfriend. The texts are there. It's locked and loaded, man. It's ready to go. And because it's Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and they own it, shut your mouth. Don't talk about it anymore. Don't talk about our players. Don't talk about my program. This isn't Tuscaloosa, Alabama. This is the NFL. You got guys making millions of dollars to play a game. You got a coach making millions of dollars to coach a game. You got an organization that puts its hand out to the people to say, finance this. An underground parking structure for the players. New scoreboard for your enjoyment. Expansion. So we can buy up more property around our property to make more money off of that property. You have every right to know. Now, there are certain things via HIPAA laws and such I I completely respect. But all I'm saying is, is when the question is asked and it's not answered and it's danced and danced and and you ask it because you know it makes Matt LaFleur uncomfortable, okay? But if I'm Matt LaFleur and this is truly, truly the knee, it got swollen, there's no way we're going to risk it. You know, you are emphatic, man. You're, you're coming out. You're ending this speculation. This is my team, and there is nobody that's going to dictate to me whether they're going to play on turf or not play on turf, and they're just going to wake up one day and say, I don't want to play. If you're able and you're healthy, you're playing. You're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. And if there's a principal issue, yeah, we can kind of keep it behind closed doors, and you say, I'd rather not talk about it, to be perfectly honest with you. But you don't act like that. You don't get mad at the media for asking the question. You can right? firmly say, I'm not talking about it without getting right. angry and without cutting people off. Exactly. There's a way to do it. And Matt LaFleur, if he wants to get testy with the media, he can. Bill, this isn't to embarrass Bakhtiari, to embarrass LaFleur. There's football reasons for asking this, right? Like, Absolutely. Rashid Walker is pressed into service you know, two hours before kickoff. Here's a question that I, I wonder if anyone will ask. Let's say David Bakhtiari, Bill, were to miss the rest of the year. Is Rashid Walker your left tackle, or would then you move Zach Tom over there? Would you do something? Because the Packers are trying to set up this O-line where they can swap in their left tackle in and out, but I I don't know if that means their offensive lineman or their alignment is the best possible alignment. It's convenient to get Bakhtiari in and out. You know what I mean? So there's football Mm -hmm. reasons to ask these questions, too. And we just witnessed the... the to, to get rid of the indentured servant of Matt LaFleur to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers leaves. No longer are you kowtowing to the ego, to the soft-spoken word, 
to, you know, whatever. I get all of that. But this is a guy that came in and wrapped his arms around the organization and said, this is my team, man. And if that's your team, then you, you just you take it, man. You grab it. There's, look at Coach Prime. He, would he dance around the question? He'd say no. Some guy said he wasn't going to play this and this and this because of this and this this reason. And probably wouldn't be on the team anymore. Now, you can't do that, obviously, with a guy like Bakhtiari. You can't cut him loose if that's the case because you owe him too much money. But my point is, you would you would be – do you think Mike Tomlin would do that? That That's part of the problem. And, and people are saying – you know, I'm watching it over on the live stream – People are saying he's getting mad because he knows he got juiced in his own locker room. And my concern is, is not about the personnel now on the field. My concern is, as as a head coach, if you are now being dictated to by your highest paid player, I'm not going to go play on that turf, coach. I'm not going to do it. What's to say the next guy is going to say that? Or the next guy, or the next guy, or the next guy that sees, say, a guy like Elton Jenkins goes down. Now, if he says, hey, that's twice now I've been hurt on turf, I'm not doing it anymore. Now the left side of your offensive line just has told you they're not going to play. That's how you lose a locker room, and that's concerning as far as your capability to be a head coach. Not just for the day, but for the organization. If your guys are now dictating to you, what they will and will not do, you're screwed, man. You got no cojones. You've been snipped. Next. Get out of here. It's bad enough you kept that bum Joe Barry, but get the hell out of here. If that's the way you're going to be able to coach because your guys are going to dictate to you. That's the problem. That's what I look at. And there is a fine line. I mean, you look at like the NBA. You, you, now, you can't do that in the NBA because the NBA is different. You've got guys with guaranteed contracts. You've got guys that are going to dictate to the system what it is they want, and you have to kowtow to them a little bit more, and you do it with superstars as well. It's not just the NBA. You do it with superstars. But there's a certain limit that you can go to that you've been pushed up against. You've been, for the last two years, kissing the ass of the quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, you've got another guy saying, maybe, again, it's hypothetical, I don't know. But that's the reason you try to wrap your arms around the organization and pound your fist to the media and say, this ain't happening. And if you're not doing that, I have to question why. Because if you're not doing that, it's probably because if you go pounding your fist and say, that's not happening in my locker room, the guys in that locker room are going to go, look at this pathetic liar. He's lost us, man. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's out there preaching about this and this, this. So I'm not saying Matt LaFleur has, but what I'm saying is if that's not the case and it truly is the injury issue, then I'm looking everybody in the eye and saying, look, there's nobody that's going to dictate to us when they will and will not play if they are healthy and they can play. And if they do that, then they're not going to find themselves on this team. That That's what I look for. 877-867-1670, um, Cindy says, the reason Matt is mad is because the media caught him caving into Bakhtiari. I thought we got rid of the prima donna dictating when they would practice and such. Uh, now Bakhtiari is doing it. Time to trade him as well. Cut the loss. Uh, we don't need the uh, Bakhtiari bad locker room juju with him. I, and, and, again, I go back to uh, David Bakhtiari talking at the beginning of the season. And Mike, Mike Clemens had it, talking about how he called Elton Jenkins and said, hey, we're going to be the best left, left side of the offensive line in all of football. We're going we're to dominate this year. And then I go back to David Bakhtiari on tape last week saying how good he felt 
and that I don't need to practice, I told you so, basically sticking a finger in everybody's eye saying, you worried about me for nothing. Okay, that's great. I applauded that. I'm like, I'll eat my words. I'm good with that. I'm I'm okay. Hey, if you're going to go out there and you're going to perform, that's awesome. No mention of an injury on on Wednesday. So up from, from Sunday through Wednesday, everything was fine. Something happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And all we want to know is what? So if it was the knee and it got really swollen and now it's an area of concern, okay, great. I completely understand it. You know, if the knee got swollen, oh, okay. If that's the reason, then say, hey, uh, let's two things. One, yeah, the knee acted up a little bit. It's a shame that he had to miss a game, but we'd rather have him miss a game than miss the rest of the season. So we're going to be uh, as cautious as we can with David Bakhtiari. But also, as Matt LaFleur, let me say this. Nobody's going to dictate to us when they will or will not play if they are healthy in our locker room. If they are called upon and they are on this team, we expect them to support us and we expect them to support this team and they, we expect them to do their job that they're being paid to do. I mean, those, those are the three things you say. So we, we end the discussion. So that way nobody else like me or any other media scribe is running around questioning what the motives are as to why the guy's not on the field. That's it. Nothing more. 877-867-1670. Charlie says maybe they're getting ready to trade him. I no. No, because when you trade them, unless you work something out ahead of time, you uh, the guaranteed money that the team had promised him then becomes due. You're not going to do that. They're not they're not getting ready to trade Bakhtiari. Um, I would assume. Uh, I I personally, and this is uh, Jake, and let me let me address this real quick. Uh, I personally hope that it's just because the knee acted up. And the Packers are being extremely cautious. And there's nothing more to it than that. And then it's a dead story. That's what I'm hoping for. Because if it's the latter and there is a dictation of I will only play on grass fields, <laughs> that that is so unbelievably unfair to the guys that are in that locker room. They may understand it and they may say, hey, dude, take care of yourself. We appreciate it. But as far as being a team mentality, it, it then completely becomes divisive in the sense of I'm out for me. I'm a one-person commodity. I don't give a damn about this team. It's all about me. It's about what I'm doing and about my, my longevity in the game and about the money that I'm about to make. And the team orientation, the working towards the same goal orientation becomes completely different and skewed and muddied in those waters because you, you, it's very difficult to do either or or do both at the same time. It, it becomes about the team and about success and about, you know, how, how do you look everybody in the eye and say, you're responsible to every man in here when you're really not? And you've told everybody, I'm really not. I'm responsible to me. You know, I'm out for, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make money. I got another contract coming. Psh, you guys go do your own thing, but me, <laughs> I'm a much higher, much more valued commodity than you are. That's what it says. I'm with you. I hope it's just that his knee acted up. I, I wonder that if, if this is some sort of boycott against turf, or if Bakhtiari just doesn't want to play, I wonder at what point Brian Gutekinds has got to come downstairs and say, hey, we're, we're not going to pay you if you're not going to play. Like, I, I know you're talking about Matt LaFleur getting walked mm-hmm. all over. At right. what point does does Brian Gutekinds have to get involved? I, I don't know. I don't know the process and the order of operations and the checks right. and balances in the Packers, but that's a worthwhile thing to think about as well. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, now, if he comes back and he plays the rest of the season and he does play in New York and he does play in Minnesota, he does play in Detroit, it's a moot point. 
Um, but if, you know, because it's going to be something that's going to be addressed again as you get closer to those games with that field turf, specifically going to New York. So you, you and Detroit, for that matter, because Detroit has also been an area that's been criticized. So you kind of you, you wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And then you wonder what's going to happen. And now in the back of our minds, we're, the, the seed has been planted. OK, let's just say, you know, the Packers are coming out of the week in which uh, they just wrapped up, uh, you know, a game. And now they're looking for the next game. And the next game happens to be the next one on the docket has to, happens to be, say, right after the Chargers game at home, you're going to take on the Lions. And that's coming up on uh, November, the, the Thanksgiving Day game. And you get to the Monday or the Tuesday practice and you say, you know, Bakhtiari, all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's too short a time. It's I, I can't play, you know, this and that. Now you're going to start thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, you're going to Ford Field. You're playing on turf. So suddenly the knee hurts. Uh, here it comes. Here comes the excuse, that type of thing. Or if, say, right after Kansas City comes to town, Kansas City's coming to town on that Sunday night game, and then the next week you're going to New York, and that's going to be a primetime game. That's a Monday night game. So you got the extra day to heal up. But suddenly on Wednesday you're going, geez, Wednesday or Thursday, oh, the knee's starting to act up. Well, we're going to know because you're going into the Meadowlands and you're going to be taking on the Giants in in the same field that your buddy Aaron Rodgers got hurt on. Okay, we can expect a knee issue to start flaring up that next week too. You know, that's kind of now the seeds planted. We're looking for it. We're looking for it at this point. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, yes to uh, to Bob. Bob had emailed me. He said, hey, did you ever take your boat to Skipper Bud's? Or are you waiting for the, uh, the summer to hang on a little while longer? Uh, I Yes, I'm waiting for the summer to hang on a little while longer. I know it's going to go into the 80s over the weekend. Saturday, I might have an opportunity to get the boat out for a little bit before heading up uh, north to Green Bay for the uh, Packers-Saints uh, uh, game. But I have not put it away yet. I am hanging on to the warm weather like grim death. And uh, But when I do go to get this thing winterized and put away, I'm taking it to Skipper Buds in Pewaukee, going out to see my buddy Todd and say, here you go, here's the boat. Get it in as quick as you can. Get it in to get winterized. Get the shrink wrap around the thing. You stick the hose out of the back, out of the drain plug area so the little critters don't get into it and, you know, get it all ready for the next season. So next year all i got to do is peel the cover off, wipe the dust down a little bit, and good to go. It's it's just fire the thing up and it's all good to go. So I, that's where I go. That's who I trust. That is Skipper Buds. Boat sales, service, and storage uh, in Pewaukee. 262-544-1200. 262-544-1200. Give Todd a call. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. 
$6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. Joe Michael Show. Now, let me say this, because I do want to get into this. Um, that um, Matt LaFleur did say, okay, and, it, you know, he, he did say there was swelling in the knee. He did say that. Now, when people take the, uh, oh, he's injured, the knee is injured, um, it's true. The knee's been banged up. He could have said that before the season got underway. So people are taking that as if it's recently been injured. But if you listen to the whole thing, again, there's some how do I how do I say this? How do I say something without putting down the uh, some of the other brethren that are out there, Grant? Mm. What was that, Bill? I'm sorry about that. How do I how do I how do I say this without putting down other brethren that are out there when it comes to reporting things in this particular situation? Mm. Or do I just be an ass and say it? Uh, there are people that work closely with the team and they write down verbatim what Matt LaFleur will say. And they will say that, you know, that Matt LaFleur has stated that, you know, he would not play in Sunday's game if it was on turf. No, that's not what he said. He, he said it like a kid that got caught and they said, did you do this? And the kid says, I believe that I did. Uh, you know, that's what he said. He said, I, I, you know, no, I don't think so. I believe he wouldn't. Okay. It, it was, you know, come on. It was very much up for speculation. Let's be honest. Um, Otherwise, he would have said, no, of course not. The knee's banged up. But he hesitated. It's kind of like if you're on the witness stand and you, you know, (laughs) did you you commit this crime? Oh, you know, come on. And and this is arguments and this and that and that. Okay. Or you're a witness. Did you see this? Oh, yes, yes, uh, yeah, yes, I did. And then the next time they put you under oath and you're like, well, I, I b- believe that that was, you know, I believe. Now you're hedging your bets. Now you're going back to don't pin me down to my words. I'm trying to figure a way to get out of this. So if word leaks out that I'm full of crap up here, that I'm not going to look like an out blatant liar. And isn't saying I'm not going to talk about this, isn't that a little bit like pleading the fifth? Whereas if you plead the fifth, kind it's of. like, well, you're not answering because you can't. And that kind of gives us all the information we Correct. need. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So, look, Bakhtiari, the knee's swollen up. I, I completely get that. I, I understand that. I, and I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is that there's some things, the way they've been presented, you know, if, I, if he would have, like I said, if he would have said, that would not happen on my watch. Somebody would not dictate to me when they will and will not play because of grass or turf. Not in this locker room. Okay. That's taking a strong stance. That's taking ownership of your locker room, and we know that that's not the case then. Why would you not own that if that's not the case? That 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 to me is what is more suspicious than anything. So, But, like I said, I hope 
and I'll and I'll end it here. But I hope that that it's really truly that's just because there was some swelling and they're being, being very cautious with Bakhtiari uh, as opposed to Bakhtiari making a stand. But again, his brother's tweet of F around and find out, you know, didn't do anything but add fuel to the fire when it comes to all of this, which is a whole other, which is a whole other scenario. And that's what, that's what a lot of people are talking about as well. His brother, Eric, tweeted out the F around and find out meme, uh, basically saying with the NFL, hey, F around and find out, you know, if you're not going to change the field, then, you know, F around and find out you're not going to, you know, he's not going to play. And that's what the assumption was by many. I, to me, I don't know how to take it, but that was the assumption by many. So I, who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's do this. Uh, what else do we have? This is. Um, who wanted to yell at me about the crime in Milwaukee? Oh, we just got a, a call who who wasn't thrilled about the situation in Milwaukee. And what were you saying? That's why I didn't I didn't hear your question originally. I was, I was, okay. I was on the phone. Yeah, no, that's OK. I, you know what? That's fine. If somebody has an argument about the crime in Milwaukee and they want to bring that out, I'll, I'll do that all damn day. I sit here every day. I get up every morning. I start scrolling through sports. I watch some of the news. And every morning, the top five, ten minutes of the news is who got shot, where they got shot, when they got shot, did they survive, did they not survive, suspects in or out of custody, who stole what car, what high-speed chase took place in the city, and then they get on to the happier news. So, so and every now and then you get, uh, you know, other news, such as the developments and such that are going on and, and being argued about downtown. I understand all of that, but. No, you know, and I and I'll, and the other aspect of this is, is I hang out in the city. This and, and let me say this: the city itself is probably the safest around the city. That doesn't mean it's it's one hundred percent safe. I, and I said this, to, and I wrote this a little while ago. Um, when I would go to Milwaukee, I'd always say that most of the crime in Milwaukee took place west of forty three, west and north of forty three. It was confined to usually those areas. Every now and then, it would, you know, you'd get something on the south side or something. But for the most part, it was con- kind of confined to those areas. You didn't have shootings downtown. You didn't have, you know, those kind of burglaries and car thefts and all that. Kind of, it just didn't happen. It, it, it was, and if it did, it was very few and far between. And then you had the shootings in the Deer District during the Bucks playoff run, which really kind of exacerbated things. But it highlighted at that point in time what was beginning to trend in Milwaukee. And I go to the Third Ward Beer Garden. I had I, no problem. But every now and then you get cars screeching around the corners, and you do look around. You do look around. I have never seen so many cars in the city of Milwaukee without license plates in all my life. Where if even a, a police officer even begins to think about pulling them over, it becomes a high-speed chase. I have never had that many people panhandle in Milwaukee that are almost abusive when you're trying to go to a bar or a restaurant. I mean, they don't usually do it to me because I don't take any crap. But I, there was one time I left Kristen on the corner while I went to grab the car just across the street. And in a matter of maybe 30 seconds, there was two people around her. It, it just it wasn't a good experience. So anytime you want to talk to me and, and yell at me or say something to me about the city of Milwaukee, I love the city of Milwaukee. I live here. You know, I live in Waukesha, but I'm downtown all the time. I love going to all the different bars and restaurants and people that support the program. I love seeing new things. Kristen does a lot of business and banking and such downtown. We go to a lot of different events downtown. I'm downtown all the time. So I know what the hell I'm talking about. And it's just one of those things where 
We go to bars and restaurants that close at 9 o'clock because they don't have staffing. Uh, you go to park your car, and you're harassed by panhandlers. You, I happen to drive a Genesis, which is one of the cars that are based off of Hyundai, and I'm always worried when I come out. I put an app on it so I could see where the car was just because. You know, you're, I never used to look over my shoulder or look behind me. When I got out of my car, I do every damn time now, specifically when I'm parking or in the parking structures, just because. You know, and you're also leery of certain cars that drive down the road at a high rate of speed because I had two friends of mine that they were just closing up and they weren't doing anything, but their businesses were closed and suddenly bullets came ringing through their front glass windows just because they happened to be the buildings in the way at the time. So don't give me any of your spewing of crap and keeping and protecting and loving and all that kind of crap the city. The city's a mess and nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to admit it, period, end of story. Look at the crime statistics. So there you have it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got a whole lot more. Let me, let me say this, though. I love going to the city. I love hanging out at Miller Park or American Family Field. I still go to bars and restaurants downtown. I just am much more cautious today than I ever have been because of what's gone on. But I would never say, don't go to the city. I would never say that because I want to support all those businesses and all those people that have their neck on the line each and every day to make it work, to make it operate, to make a success of themselves and that area because of what that city has to offer. Because it's a beautiful, beautiful city. It's just been overrun by crap. And nobody wants to admit that the crap needs to be cleaned up. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I cannot believe that uh, we went an entire show today and did not recognize what today is. And I didn't realize that until my buddy Jim just sent me a note. Did you know, Grant Bills, today is National Talk Like a Pirate Day today? Why the heck have we been talking normal for the last three and a half hours? (laughs) Who comes up with this crap? (laughs) National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Somewhere... Uh, somebody who was a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean found themselves in the midst of somebody governmentally that said this uh, would be a great idea. Well, you know, interesting, we got Greg Amon from Fox Sports coming up. He covered the Buccaneers for a long time. I wonder if that was a big deal around the Tampa Bay building. I mean, we can ask him about that coming up. I know. I I can't believe that that's not a thing today. Baker Mayfield celebrating that way of practice today. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, real quick, and I, then I'm done with this, uh, but Max says, uh, what do you do around the city? You don't even leave, live in the city of Milwaukee. Well, like I said, I go to a lot of different events. I'm downtown quite a bit. Uh, but the, here's the one thing, and, and this is common sense. Uh, I'm a homeowner. I, my yard is nice. My surroundings are nice. I, wherever I travel, I try to treat people nice. I don't steal. I don't rob. Um, I support local businesses. I support larger businesses when I can. Uh, I live my life in a way that I would hope that others around me would, you know, are there things that piss us off? Are there things that make us scream? Are there things that make us swear? Absolutely. But for the most part, if, if 
people kind of live that way, we'd be a lot better off. So when you ask, what do I do? I worry about my own damn backyard. And if your own damn backyard's a mess, maybe you ought to clean your backyard up first. And don't yell at me about the statistics of crime. Clean up the city. Don't, I'm not the, you know, this is, this is kind of like, I, I feel like uh, I'm one of those teams that are pissed off that another team is scoring. You're, you're, you're mad because I'm, you know, another team is scoring on you. How could they do this? They're running up the score. Stop them. You know, don't whine about them being softer on you. Be better. So don't yell at me for that. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's get into buy or sell, Grant Bill. Shall we? Let's do it. I love buy or sell. This is my favorite time of the show. I got two questions. We're going to be efficient. We're going to be quick because we're going to wrap up the show with a guest. I want to start by talking Packers wide receivers. No Christian Watson yet this year. And, Bill, I think it was important the other day you said maybe we should back off on the the idea that Christian Watson is wide receiver number one. You said I think he has the potential to be, right? That's what you said? Correct. Correct. Christian Watson has the potential to be wide receiver number one. Romeo Dobbs has been solid, I think, is the number one guy in his place. Rookie Jaden Reed has six receptions. 13 targets. He had two touchdowns Sunday against Atlanta. Bill, buy or sell, Jaden Reed, through the first two games of his career, has exceeded your expectations so far. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Uh, I will say he kind of picked up where he left off come training camp because everybody was talking about him in training camp being that good. But I'm going to buy it. I'm even going to go further to say that Christian Watson is nothing more than a third-level wide receiver at this point. He has the potential to be number one. But he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field, can't get in sync with the quarterback. He is nothing more than a third-time receiver, third-look receiver at this point. They're going to make a lot of things out to be for him, and rightfully so, because of his potential. But one of the worst things, my dad told me this when I was a kid, don't be a kid that has all the potential in the world. Because if you never realize your potential, you're nothing more than a failure. So... Take your potential and run with it. But if he's always going to have potential to be better but can't ever get better because he can't get on the field, can't be healthy, and can't be on the same page with the quarterback, then you're nothing more than a failure. You're a bust. That's why I'm so successful in life is no one has ever thought I had any potential at all. Damn straight. (laughs) Under promise, over deliver, always. I'm not 6'4". I can't run a 4'3'40". Quick follow-up to Jaden Reed. I feel like Matt LaFleur maybe could have got him involved on Sunday. Sweeps, pitches, motion i mean they're down aaron jones aj Dillon couldn't do anything i would have liked to see Jaden reed get a couple of tosses or some sweeps or something because i think he would be mm-hmm. good at it i think it would be a nice fit especially with jones out they've got some real athletic ability uh now out of the wide receivers hell wheel routes and all that kind of stuff um they they've got some options there and i'm excited to see what it is they continue to expound upon but the big thing that i really want to see and maybe this is where christian watson comes in when he comes back is it's only going to take one or two times over the top to establish a downfield presence. They just haven't been able to hit on that on the continuum. So you're kind of hoping that when Christian Watson does come back, that that begins to become part of the repertoire in their arsenal that they then have that other teams have to look out for. Um, because right now they, we just haven't seen that big play to make us, you know, get out of our seats and scream, hell yeah. So that that's the other thing that I'm looking for. Yeah, Got to find a way to create explosive plays. It's hard to go Correct. inch by inch up and down the field totally. Buy or sell. A Brewers one to wrap up before we yes. get to our guest. Rowdy Telez is struggling. Again. Uh, he's batting 188 over his last 16 games. He was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts last night against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. I was thinking about this earlier today, Bill. Buy or sell. If the playoffs started tomorrow, you'd leave Rowdy Telez off of the postseason roster. 100%. 
100%. He's not giving you the big power numbers. He's not blowing balls out of the ballpark. If he was giving you a lot of home runs and a ton of strikeouts, you can live with it. You can't hit 188, don't have power, and you strike out. You, you're worthless to me. And it's not like you're some kind of a massive backstop over at first base playing defensively either. So I, he would not be on. I, I wouldn't put him on the roster right now as it stands. But you're not the only that, one. That's just me. You're, you're not but the I, only one. Carlos Santana, I think, can be your everyday playoff first baseman, right? Nobody absolutely. has a problem with that. Absolutely. I do it in a heartbeat. But when you when you look at this team and to where they're at, and with, with Rowdy not really being any kind of productive player, I, I mean, if, if he's not hitting home runs, tell me what he gives you. I, I, right? I, I don't know. A bobblehead and, and Rowdy chants, although we haven't heard Rowdy chants yeah. in a while because he hasn't done anything. Right. I mean, he, he's, he, he hasn't even hit 20 home runs this season. What, what Rowdy Tellez used to be, he would hit home runs and he would he would produce runs. He would drive in runs. But I used to be able to expect Rowdy Tellez to give the Brewers a quality at bat. He was a guy who didn't strike out a lot, would fight really hard to put the ball in play, and he's lost that completely. Right. 100%. Yeah, he's, he's it, like I said, he's not pounding the ball at the ballpark. I mean, there's there's nothing there's nothing here. Yeah. There, there's there's nothing for you. I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look here. Um, for the month of September, he's hitting 160 for the month of September with two home runs. Or no, excuse me, no home runs and two RBIs for the month of September. Not great. The month of September, 160 with a 214 on base percentage, no home runs, two RBIs, and 11 strikeouts. That is the next to the word sucks are his statistics in the dictionary. That that's what that is. Let's do this. We're gonna step out. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back up more of the Bill Michael show. Wrapping it up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Final segment of the program before we get out of here. We've got to kind of put a bow on the weekend, uh, even though it wasn't the, the best of bows to put on for the uh, the Packers losing 25-24 to the Atlanta Falcons. Greg Allman now for, uh, covers the NFC South for Fox Sports joining us 
on the hotline. Greg, thanks for taking a couple of minutes to join us. We certainly appreciate it, okay? Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So uh, let me start out by saying, what did you see? I mean, this is obviously a new-look Packers team without Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they, they get a win in their first game over a bad Bears team, and then they fought pretty hard against this Falcons team. As a matter of fact, had a lead until damn near the end of the ball game. So give me your thoughts on what you saw out of the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just not quite enough to win. Just kind of let the Falcons stick around. I, I don't know that I think of the Falcons as like a team you can't let stay close, you know. Uh but they got it done. Um, you know, a little bit of offensive inefficiency that keeps them around. You know, like you said, that first game, you know, see them put up 38 points. You, you don't know how much of that is the Packers being a great team or the Bears just not being a very good team. Um, yeah, and the Falcons, that, that's big for them. I mean, the Falcons, you know, I think they, they were much the same way. I mean, they'd beaten the Panthers in week one, but you didn't know how much to make of that. So, no, that, that's a, a big it, – it's a home win, but I think it's a, a validating win for them as they're trying to be taken seriously as a team to – compete for you know a fairly bad division title the uh the the b first of all b john robinson the real deal the run defense of the green bay packers just didn't have an answer for him uh give me your thoughts on what you saw because robinson ran extremely hard but also the packers a team that was gashed last year in the run game just couldn't stop it again this season yeah i mean he went for what 172 um it's like yeah. uh, i think for 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 running backs in their first two NFL games, I think the only one guy has had a bigger game in the first two in the last decade. I think Kareem Hunt did that when he was a rookie. So, no, I thought, you know, obviously he's a guy that can beat you a little bit in the air. Sometimes it's just one cut. It's just one little jump cut. I mean, he made guys look bad with a couple really nice moves in tight spaces. Um, and there's the volume. I mean, I think he's going to be a 20-touch back every week now. So, um, you know, you think about what he's capable of. You know what, what's your number at the end of the year? He could have two thousand yards of total offense, and it wouldn't be a stretch. Um, and that's again at a time where the entire league devalues the running back position. It's it's why the Falcons are still taking him with a, with a number eight overall pick. You uh, look at now the Saints coming to town, and you know obviously the Saints at two and zero on the season, but uh, they've only scored a total of thirty six points at this point. They get a win over the Panthers uh, last night. Uh, they turn it around and got to go to Green Bay on a short uh, short stay. So give me your thoughts on this matchup, uh, what uh, the Packers present tough-wise to the uh, to the Saints coming into Lambeau Field on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be intrigued. I mean, this, that would be uh, very much a validating win for the Saints if they pulled it out, to go up there on the road. Like you said, they, they've been underwhelming offensively. Um, they kind of knew they had to weather these first three games with Alvin Kamara suspended. Um, they lost Jamal Williams to a hamstring, so they might not have him for Green Bay. Basically had their number five running back scoring two touchdowns in the second half last night. Um, defensively, I thought they played well. Um, kind of kept Carolina in check. I think Carolina had six points with about six minutes to go in the game. Um, it, it's a veteran defense. Guys like Demario Davis and, and Cam Jordan that are 30-plus. I think they have five defensive starters in their 30s. I think they're the only defense in the NFL that can say that. Um, but again, it, it's one of those where, you know, Green Bay is kind of hard to peg. I mean, you had two rookie receivers with really good games in a loss on Sunday. Um, so, I mean, if, if you can start to see them develop as regular downfield threats, touchdown threats, um, that adds something to it. You know, I think Jordan Love is probably the biggest wild card in that. And we don't know how he's going to react and how he's going to play. Um, but the Saints, like I said, I mean, it, they feel like a team right now where if you can get uh, 24, 27 points, that might be what it takes to beat them. 
Derek Carr, when you look at the run-pass difference, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, as far as rankings go and such, uh, how much of a difference does Derek Carr make offensively for that team, or is it just that they're waiting for their full complement of weapons to be there? Well, I mean, it's funny because they have their full complement at receiver. I mean, they have Chris Olave. They have Michael Thomas healthy. They have Rashid Shahid. Um, I was a little surprised they didn't use Olave more or better yesterday. I think at one point mm-hmm. Olave had seven targets for 14 yards, I think. Um, obviously made a really nice deep ball catch that made up for that. You know, Michael Thomas is a guy that I don't think people expect to be healthy for a, a, a sustained season. But if he is, that's a big help for this offense. Um They've really haven't gotten their tight ends involved. Juwan Johnson's a guy that led the division in touchdown catches last year and has barely caught anything. Uh, Jimmy Graham is on the roster, has barely been used. So I do think there's a sense in New Orleans that even though they're 2-0, they really haven't played that well offensively. Um, Carr had a bad pick where he kind of threw into triple coverage last night. Um, so they, they have that that nice place where you know you've played you know very imperfectly but you've been able to do it and win two games. So I think that's that's a nice luxury to have, and it, it's one, for whatever reason, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints are all 2-0 and right now here in the South. Uh, I was going to say, the uh, the Buccaneers, when you talk about them, I, you know, the, the win over the Bears, kind of expected. The win over the Vikings to open up the season up at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, that was, that was kind of an impressive win, wasn't it? Absolutely. I, I thought it would be, you know, one of the toughest four or five games on our schedule especially week one, new offense, new quarterback. You just don't expect things to click. Um, and their defense came through well. I mean, they got three turn, three turnovers, three takeaways in the first half, and, and just enough offense to win. Um, it, it's hard to win a lot in this league scoring 20 points. Um, they, I guess they got 27 with a late defensive score um, on Sunday against the Bears. But again, it, I think nationally, I think a lot of the, the reason that the NFC South was seen uh, as being so bad and so down and at the bottom of all these power rankings, it was just that the quarterbacks are underwhelming. Uh, Mayfield is playing on a one-year $4 million contract, and Desmond Ritter, probably the least known starting NFL quarterback in the league. Um, Bryce Young is exciting, but it's still so early in his career, it's hard to know what to get. And even Derek Carr, for as much as he's done, I think is still seen as a, a third-tier NFL quarterback. So I think the defenses in this division have probably been a big part of why they're they're off to the start that they're off to. Real quick before I let you go, uh, Bryce Young, uh, they haven't gotten wins in Carolina, but you got Chark, you got Mingo, you picked up Adam Thielen, you got Hayden Hurst uh, from Cincinnati, Miles Sanders is a running back. It certainly seemed like this team, you know, short of the quarterback, was kind of revved up and raring to go with some of the names that they have. What has been the stumbling block for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, that offense just hasn't done much. I, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought they did a really good job of surrounding him with proven talent to make it easier for him. Their offensive line is hurting. They're down two guards right now. Um, had one rookie in there, had a backup in there, and I think that, that definitely hasn't helped in that you know, they were such a good build around your run game offense last year, and they haven't done that. Um, and, you know, I think Bryce Young, you know, has had three pretty bad turnovers in two games. I think he's still finding himself – um, they've barely used DJ Shark at all. He didn't play in the first game. He only had one co- one target last night. Uh, so I think they're still finding themselves. This is a new coaching staff, uh, a new play caller, and a new coordinator in Thomas Brown. And I think it's just one of those where you get the sense that they definitely have the chance to turn things around. You just don't know how quickly they will. Uh, Frank Reich's first Colts team in Indy in 18 went 1-5 and five to start the season and finished 10-6. and six. So he, he's kind of shown – uh, that he can turn a team around even in the first season. 
But honestly, their their next four aren't easy. It's I think it's Seattle, Miami. Uh, it's four teams that all had winning records last year, and they've now lost two teams to two teams that haven't had winning records last year. So it, there's the chance for them to be one and five or, or worse when they get to their buy in week seven. It's just a matter of of when things will start clicking and when they'll start turning things around. Greg, great stuff. I appreciate you joining us for a couple of minutes, giving us a little bit of a preview for this weekend, and we will talk again soon down the road, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. You take care. Thanks so much. There you go. Greg Allman. You can find him at Greg Allman over on uh, Twitter X. Uh, he covers the NFC South for Fox Sports, and good to get a little perspective looking at some of the NFC South, but uh, more so the game that was and the game that's upcoming on the docket out of the NFC South for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, that's just about going to wrap it up for the day. Um, a couple of things. We didn't really get into too much Badger stuff today. I do want to talk a little Badgers tomorrow, but uh, we talked about the, the term being underwhelming, uh, the adjective. And uh, hopefully with Purdue up on the docket next, uh, you know, again, progression. What you want to see each and every week is progress out of the offense. Defense continue to get better. I saw, What I did see this week was less of the finger-pointing and the – the look in the defensive backfield of questioning as to where they were supposed to be or who had who. And that was encouraging. So when you start to look at some of the, the, the negatives and you look at the positives, you think, okay, there's some things that they're starting to get, uh, some things that are starting to, you know, kind of take hold. It just takes a while. And uh, I, I maybe I'm like a lot of you. I got excited. I got out over my skis. I said, and they still could win nine, 10 games. Who knows? I mean, things could, you know, turn out that way, but I'm, I'm, I just, I'm anxious to get into Big Ten play to see what it is they have. So we can talk a little bit more about that coming up tomorrow as well. Don't forget tomorrow, Packers back in the practice field. We'll find out more about David Bakhtiari at some point tomorrow as well and probably talk about it again on Thursday and uh, as we get into the weekend and looking forward to the Packers. Tonight you got to the Brewers again taking on St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and the Cubs going at it. So we'll keep our eyes there as well until we talk again tomorrow. Tomorrow. That'll do it. Good stuff today, and thanks to everybody for chiming in over in the live stream as well. Until then, 20 hours from now, time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop!